touch my shoulder, it would touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? And more radio starts now. And welcome to another edition of Spirits and More Radio. This is a live show. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, an evil incident that happened in Alabama. So uh, stick with us. This is going to be a good one for Friday the 13th. Turn down the lights, if you dare. Spirits and more radio. And welcome to the show. I'm your host, Steve Rowan, and uh, I just want to welcome everybody. We're doing a little bit uh, different thing today. Not only are we streaming on our normal Shoutcast, but we're also on Facebook Live, and we're also on uh, Periscope, Twitter, uh, Ustream, and uh, a couple others. So um, welcome to the show, everyone. If you've never heard this show before, we talk about the paranormal and uh, unusual, strange things that have happened to people. Uh, you can catch all our old shows or our previous shows on demand at spiritsandmoreradio.com and that's where you can go back and look at uh, all the shows that we've done uh, in the past and uh, you know dip into some of the stuff that we've seen and done before which is uh, interesting stuff to say the least uh, I, I've been surprised uh, throughout doing this show so um, and today a couple more housekeeping things to talk about here um, We've got uh, a contest going on right now uh, for a movie script. It's the Lost Boys movie script, and uh, it's signed by the actors, and we're going to give it away on November 2nd. So you have to be uh, signed up on our uh, support, full access supporters through Patreon on our website. Uh, and everyone who's part of that on October 31st, Halloween, is going to be included in the drawing for the script. So make sure that you uh, jump over and take a look at that. Really good odds, you guys. Uh, really good odds to get that. And um, I've, if you look on the social media channels, uh, I've put up some videos of the thing so you can check it out. Um, one of the things we're going to talk about, uh, this is this is a, new, a unique show, and I'm really happy we're doing this on our um, very first, uh, this is our first Friday the 13th we're doing, actually. So um, what, I'm, what I'm really happy about uh, is that we've actually got someone uh, who is uh, going to join us from uh, social media. We found uh, this person who wanted to share their story. So this is a personal story we're going to get today. Um, and uh, it's really interesting. I want to bring, uh, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people find, you've got paranormal investigators, and those those are the type of people who accept that there's an afterlife and there's strange things going on. And what they do is they, uh, they actually um, put themselves out there and say, hey, I'm hunting ghosts and things like that. But there are a lot of people who are uncomfortable with that. They don't want to say that. Uh, and so uh, as is such with my guest today. Uh, so we're going to go, uh, this is going to be, uh, oh, we'll go with a generic name, John. So John's with us today, and he's going to tell us his story, uh, and we're going to get down into it. So um, John, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Are you with us? I am. Thank you very much. All right, excellent. Uh, and you can hear the, all the audio and everything is going good. We didn't get our, our full chance to do a sound check. So is everything clear for you? It's very clear, and you're coming through loud and clear. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Excellent. Okay, John, well, uh, tell me, uh, can you uh, just describe, I guess, uh, tell us what, what part of the country you're from and, and a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm in Alabama. Um, <clears throat> I'm in the, the tech industry and sales uh, and marketing for a, a tech firm and um, live in the suburbs, um, got a family, got a wife and, and kids, and uh, consider myself to be about as... Uh, as, as normal or uh, plain as you can get uh, in terms of, of uh, you know, families in the U.S. Um, right. So, uh, um, so you're in the tech industry or tech sector, um, and uh, you're, now you grew up in Alabama. Is that where you were born and raised? Um, I did. I did. Um, grew up outside of the, uh, the city I'm in now, and uh, um, 
you know, ever since I can remember, I, I think about eight years old, I started having some um, experiences, um, but they were all dismissed by everyone around me as uh, being nightmares or just your imagination. Um, so I, I learned at a very early age to uh, to um, debunk those and ignore them, and uh, you know that that those things don't exist. It's just my imagination. Right. And what were some of those first things that had happened for you? Well, I guess everybody's seen the the man in the dark, the dark figure in the hat. Um, used to um, see him at the top of the street, standing under a streetlight. Um, while I was laying down in bed, I see this, um, and I was not dreaming. I was wide awake. Um, I'd go and peek, and he'd be standing up there, and uh, frequently he'd come a little closer, a little closer. Then I'd yell for somebody to come in and turn the light on. And, and you know, one night I didn't didn't yell out, didn't scream. Um, I went and peeked out the shade, and he was halfway there. I waited, I peeked out again, and it was right outside the window. Um, so this was not a shadow. This is not a dream. Um, that really scared the, the you know what out of me. Yeah, yeah. Now, when and you talk then, about this guy, just uh, just clear that up for us, because when you talk about the shadow guy in the hat, tell, tell, describe that. You've uh, you've run across other people who have seen this thing or describe yeah. something similar. Um. And it's it's a it's a dark figure in the in the shape of a human being, um, wearing a hat, um, kind of like you see on some of the the horror movies. I don't, I don't specifically which one, but um, kind of a, a round brim hat. Um, and you know, I used to think the horror movies, well, you know, they're just making this stuff up. But now I'm convinced that some of the things that are in the movies, uh, they're actually taking from people's real life experiences. Oh, yeah, I've never thought about that. That there could be. You know these common characters that have uh, been around maybe throughout time that have just integrated their way into pop culture and and filmmaking. I've never thought about that. Um, and then after that, uh, even my brother started noticing. We we'd we'd go to sleep, and the uh, the closet door would open, so sliding door, um, and then something would pop out of the closet. Wow. <laughs> so I, I checked, and my sisters were not hiding in there. <laughs> And faking us out so yeah you must have been that must have been really terrifying when you talk about the monster in the closet i mean that that's, oh yeah so you're seeing that for real and your brother saw that yeah yeah so i mean that's you know the biggest cliche <laughs> of a, a kid terrified um and then i was like well maybe that's why it's a big cliche is because a lot of kids see it um and it's it's a little more real than parents would believe right Wow! Um, wow! So um, that's when you were a child. Uh, how old were you? That's that was like uh, five, six, eight seven, eight, eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Was that constant, or did that happen just once in a while? A couple um, of occasions. It, it was once in a while. Um, more often than I wanted, um, but not every night or every month. Um, and then, um, you know, it's soon. I guess in a couple of years, it went away. Wow. Um, your brother and you must uh, I mean when that happened both you guys must have really freaked out and, uh, did, and your parents didn't believe you no no just our imagination or something wasn't you know was off balance in there and came out my dad's an engineer so everything everything is logical right right so um, as you grew up what other sorts of things happened uh, over the years that, that you felt were unusual and paranormal well probably the next um I guess the, the the next largest thing I can recall would be um, um, after I graduated school, I shared a house with a friend, and um, it was an older home, and we would hear noises in there. Um, specifically, the back door would close, and you'd hear footsteps coming in um, the little hallway before you got to another door to get in the house. But I used to think it was my roommate coming home. You know, I'd slam the door and come in. I'd look, and there was nobody there. Um, he was hearing the same thing. We really hadn't talked about it. Um, until one night we, we were both in our rooms, separate rooms. And we heard the sound. We both popped our head out of the, the door. It was like, was that you? No, was that you? It was like, and then we started talking about how we were hearing that all the time. Um, and didn't really know what it was or what was causing it, but we knew it wasn't just settling of the house and the sound of the door closing the footsteps, obviously was something more. Um, but there's no more activity than that, and um, so we just we just came to accept it and uh, and moved on. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, is it, now, have you, when you, as time went on, did you sort of talk to other people and hear similar stories, or have you kept this all to yourself, really? Um, other than that, and sharing that particular story, um, other things that happened, um, I didn't share it with anybody. Um, didn't share um, with my family, um, maybe rarely. Um, they didn't share it with friends. Uh, you know, at that point, when you said something about that, um, People would look at you kind of funny, and they might half believe it, but but mostly they made you feel like you were crazy. Right. You were imagining things or hearing voices or, or some type of mental instability. So you just didn't talk about it, and and that 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 kind of makes you suppress it even more and just kind of try and ignore it. Right. I'd agree with that. Um, the other thing too is that you know there's we've got people who are skeptics, and I I've come to learn that. A skeptic, a, a hardcore skeptic, is not going to accept anything that is outside of their realm of belief. And uh, if they feel that everything must be logical and scientifically explained, you know, with everything that knowledge that we know right at this moment, um, what happens is there's really no situation that they're going to accept uh, as being something, you know, more. And so. Um, but I've run into other people where you talk about stories and things like that, and people um, start to share their stories. So um, I think there's two types of people, you know, someone, and also there are skeptics who have turned into non-skeptics just by uh, seeing something, you know, actually experiencing something for themselves, you know. So, um, but have you, so you've never run into anyone that shares a story with you, huh? Um. Yeah, later on, I, I guess after um, a few years, few years after college, and, and started talking to some people. Um, you know, I would uh, talk to a few people, and, and they would admit to something. Um, it was kind of like they'll admit to a little thing, and then you admit to something, and, and it kind of escalates there until you kind of feel each other out and and, uh, and and know that it's safe to talk, so to speak. Um, and then and then hearing their story, um, and it would be similar things, uh, mostly harmless, but. Um, you know, noises, um, uh, unexplained noises, um, talking, um, things, you know, crashing when there's nothing there, um, similar type things that seem to get, try and get your attention. Right, right. Um, what do you think, uh, when, now when you eventually got married, did you share any of this with your wife or did she share anything with you or was this sort of a, a back, you know, hidden secret sort of thing or, or just not discussed? Well, um, I was a skeptic at that point, and uh, she was, and, and still claims to be somewhat of a skeptic, regardless of what's happened. Um, although she will regularly experience things that uh, that are, are around me, and um, at the time, it's like, whoa, freaked out. Um, but later on, we'll, we'll kind of um, denounce the whole thing. Oh, that, you know, that was just nothing. Um, I, I guess the biggest one was we had um, the house before the one we're going to talk about, we used to hear um, upstairs, we'd sit down in the, in the den at, in the evening, and upstairs <clears throat> we'd hear this big boom sound. Something hitting, sound like it was hitting the floor, and it really, literally shook the room a little bit. And we thought, well, one of the kids has fallen out of bed. I'll go up and put him back up. Um, I get up there, and they're both sleeping quietly, and nothing's going on. Um, so I went outside to see if a tree branch had fallen in the house, and I remembered there were no trees over the house. Um, couldn't find any physical reason for it, so, you know, moved on, thought, well, I don't know. Uh, it kept happening on a regular basis, um, and um, did some further investigation. I crawled up in the attic to see if something was loose, and, and nothing going on there, so, hmm. um, until one day, <laughs> I was talking with my neighbor across the street, and he had been there since, uh, I guess the house has been built in the, in the 1940s, and, um, he talked about the man who used to live there. Uh, he was a movie actor, and he used to say he used to get on the train and go out to Hollywood, and he'd be gone for six or eight weeks, and he'd do a couple of those spaghetti western films, and then he'd ride back and and um, you know come back to the house. And uh, I got his name, and I looked him up on the internet, and uh, it said that he had died as an alcoholic in Wyoming. So. I'm talking to my neighbor about this. Um, Wait, this is the guy. No, this is the guy who supposedly lived in your house. You were researching. This is the guy who lived across the street from the house. Ah, so he okay. had the full history on the house. He knew the original owner and the guy who built the house. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, he he was the movie actor 
the one the, the one who built the house. And I was talking to uh, the man across the street, and I said, "Yeah, the owner of the house died in Wyoming." He goes, no, no, he died in the house. I was like, "What?" No, no, I read on <laughs> it was read on the internet, right? He's like, "I saw him come out in a body bag." Okay, that's definitive enough for me. He died in the house. And I started thinking. I said, well, what did he die of, alcoholism? He's like, well, not exactly. He said he hung himself in the attic. No kidding. At, at that point, my blood ran cold because I knew that was the sound we were hearing. Not oh. the kids falling on the floor. We were hearing the rope going tight in the rafters, and it was shaking the house. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's I mean, so spooky. You could not get, I still get chill bumps thinking about today, just the sound of the, the rope pulling tight um, and the house shaking like that must have been how, how it, I mean, what it sounded like at that point. Um, it, it was that day. <laughs> I, I converted from being a skeptic to, to being a believer. Um, there were no logical explanations for that. There was a, um, another explanation, um, and it seemed to be bearing out. Then I thought back on it, and in the basement, I remember always having uh, an eerie feeling. It kind of creeped me out, and I'd be working on something in the basement, and I would feel a hand on my shoulder, and I thought it was my wife or one of my kids, and I turn around, and there's there's nobody there. Um, uh, sometimes I'd be working on something, and and uh, maybe crouch down a little bit, and I'd get a little push and fall over on my knees. And um, before the incident that confirmed everything, I used to think, well, I just lost my balance. You know, always something to not deny it. But looking back on it, you know, the signs were there. Wow, that is crazy. We're going to get, I want to hear more of that story, but we're going to take a real quick break and we will be right back. You're listening to Spirits and More Radio, and this is a listener call in, uh, and he's got, uh, he's telling us about his experiences throughout his life. Uh, that one is for the record books. That was really crazy. So uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. Spirits and More Radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Spirits and more radio. Listen to it, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. If you're like me, when you first went to get a fog machine, you had no idea which one to get. I mean, you can get one for 30 bucks all the way up to a couple hundred bucks. Well, listen, HalloweenPartyDeals.com takes the guesswork out of which fog machine is going to be best for you. Go on there, check out what they have to say about them. They'll help you get exactly what you need. All right, that's HalloweenPartyDeals.com. HalloweenPartyDeals.com. back this is spirits and more radio and uh we have a listener call in uh today as our guest on this friday the 13th i hope uh everyone's keeping an eye out uh for you know traffic coming from the other direction and things like that uh keep a you know make sure you're not standing under anything that's going to fall because it is friday the 13th and if you are a superstitious person uh today is a day but there is that movie there was a movie years ago uh that came out in the 80s uh called saturday the 14th and um i think that uh that was a funny movie because basically it was the premise was that if you think friday the 13th is bad saturday the 14th is actually the day you got to be worried about so um anyway uh we're here this is john he's from alabama and he has uh joined us to tell us about some of his experiences uh that had started as young as eight years old seeing uh this man at the top of the street with a hat and things like that that eventually would come to be in his closet uh and uh the, the idea that uh maybe some horror movies are based on these uh experiences that people have that sort of bleed into into horror movies because uh you know uh people they're 
people see these things that sort of match what you see in the horror movie. So anyway, uh, John, you're back with us. Uh, if you want to continue on with your story, this was, we were just hearing about the house you lived in with your wife, the, the boom sound that was happening and sort of shaking the house over a period of time, and then you found out that uh, a guy had hung himself up in the attic. Yeah, that is, um, <laughs> that was the first time I was truly freaked out um, from, uh, I guess, some noise or some presence in the house. Um, that was just, for me, confirmation and, and really turned me from being a skeptic into a believer. Yeah, um, that's, and sometimes that's what it takes. It really takes, uh, you know, having something happen like that. Uh, did that. Did that sound continue on forever for the whole time you lived in the house? Um, it did. It did. And um, really, it, it sounds kind of strange, but once we knew what it was, um, it, it didn't bother us that much. Um, we, we, we got used to it. Um, I, I look for other signs and, and things when I was down in the basement and, you know, the, the feeling of uh, a hand on my shoulder or things like that. And just uh, figured it was this guy's presence and didn't know if he's trying to contact us for something or just wanted to make his presence known. Um, but none of it was seemed to be um, angry or malevolent or harmful, so we just lived with it. You know, and when I hear when I hear you say that, I I think to myself because you talked about a hand down in the basement touching you, right? Right. Yeah, that's. Uh, I always thought I always wondered about that. Uh, that people would, you know, what would you do? You know, you think about leaving a house. Uh, or something creepy, like if there's really something that's a spirit of some sort that sort of touches you and and things like that, um, you know, would you put up with it? And it sounds like you guys did, uh, just because you didn't you didn't get this feeling that it was there to hurt you, I guess, right? Right. And I wonder, too, um, how many of those things may go on for um, other houses, other people, um, but they don't hear them and see them or... Um, you know, once I became aware of it, um, things changed um, uh, a lot, really. Um, but when we were down the basement and I feel a hand on my shoulder, it, it was very creepy. But but again, you turn around and there's no one there. Um, but since it didn't hurt me, uh, I was okay with it. Huh. And you never heard any voices or anything like that? Um, not well. <laughs> now that you mention it... Um, yeah, I used to lay in bed and I would hear um, what sounded like two people talking at night. Um, it sounded like it was coming up or near the um, the air conditioner register. Um, so, you know, I got a chair one night and got up there and, and listened and, and didn't really seem to be coming from there. And I thought, well, maybe it's vibrations or maybe somewhere else in the house something left on. So, you know, I kind of looked around for some kind of cause in that and there, there never was one. Uh, but you could hear faint voices of what sounded like a conversation. Um, again, just occasionally. Um, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to to think that uh, you know that would be. That sounds like that's the breakout moment for you, really. Like there's there's a tipping point when you go from a skeptic to you've gotten enough to push you over the edge to believe that now okay there must be something because there's no explanation for this right and you know the only other explanation is um it is some type of spirit you know i don't i don't really believe in ghosts per se as they're as they're uh, portrayed in the movies but i do believe that there are spirits in another dimension or another realm that for some reason or other some either is stuck there or can reach back into our dimension um the other thing is that everyone assumes if there's a spirit in their house or they hear something or something moves that it's bad and they got to get rid of it or they got to run away from it i think that you know it's possible that a lot of these spirits are just trying to contact us either they want their presence known or maybe they've got a story to tell they want heard or who knows but you know, I don't think that every time that there's um, some type of presence, it's uh, some type of evil demon trying to do you in. Right. Do you um, do you think there are evil demons out there, though? I know there are. And <clears throat> that, again, based on a on a um, a real experience, um, as as in the the 
the house I just mentioned and, and the man um, hang himself in the attic. Um, I didn't really <laughs> believe much in that either. Um, you know, I have some Catholic friends who um, have more of a, a basis in that. Um, and, um, you know, to me, The Exorcist was a, was a movie and nothing more. And um, that those things just didn't come up in our lives, especially if you were um, a religious person and, and you know, um, we're not allowing something like that to, to, to come into you. Um, I thought, well, that's not a problem. Never seen one of that. Never have any problems. Right. And I, so, so there's definitely, um, a, a difference between what you believe to be, uh, an entity or person who once lived on earth and passed away and still lingers around. And then you also think, uh, based on an experience, you feel that there's, also things out there that have never lived that are um, what people like to classify as a demon. Uh, yes. Yes. I think there can be spirits out there too that are just frankly just pissed off and <laughs> want to mess with people. But still that is different from the other um, non-human entity that if, you, if you'd say. Right. Um, is there, uh, so you lived in that house where, uh, with a ghost, uh, for how long, how many years were you at that house where the guy had hung himself and you would, you would hear that sound frequently and, and once in a while you get touched. Did your wife ever feel a touch from this ghost? Uh, not that she would admit to. Uh, so perhaps not. She did hear the sounds and the, the vibrations with me. So yeah, she definitely knew there was something up. Um, after we sold the house. Um, someone bought it and renovated it and rented it to a family whose house had been crushed by trees. So they rented it for a year. And I asked her one, one, uh, one night at a party, I said, do you notice anything unusual at the house? And, uh, and she said, well, yeah, what are you talking about? And I said, well, specifically the, the sound in the rafters. And I told her that the guy had hung himself there. And I said, do you hear that? She said, oh, yeah, so we hear that. I said, well, anything else? She goes, there's a lot more. And she turned white as a sheet. And I said, what? She goes, I will never speak about it. And turned around and walked away. Oh. So I don't know what else went on in that house, but apparently it was more than what was happening for us. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. So she, uh, yeah, she was uh, freaked out enough, but she was still living in that house at that time or that moment in time, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, they were about they were they were almost ready to move into their um, repaired house. I see. And so um, now, you at some point along the line, did you have children when you lived in that house? The the one with the ghost. Uh, we were just starting a family, so we had um, three at that point. But there were, um, you know, one was still an infant, and the other two um, were were sleeping upstairs. We were there about six years, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. So they were smaller. They were real small. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then at some point, uh, you moved from that house to a different, a different house. Yes. Um, we saw in, uh, in a neighborhood down the street, um, a larger house that was, um, for sale. We thought, well, that, that might be nice for us to, uh, to have when the kids are in middle school and high school, more room for them and, uh, space for their friends to come over and, and, uh, and play and and um, it was a, a very affordable price. Um, it should have res raised a red flag um, right away, um, but it was a divorce sale. So I thought, well, maybe that's the reason. Right. So you guys got the house. Um, we did. We got the house, and uh, it needed some some TLC because she had been um, divorced and uh, had three children in the house and and. Very little time to do maintenance and things like that, so it um, gave it a little extra, bit of a creep factor. But um, we managed to get it cleaned up and moved in, and and uh, initially everything was uh, was fine. I mean, we were getting used to the house and and uh, you know trying to get settled in. Um, I still got in that house, got a kind um, of a, an, an odd feeling in the basement, uh, specifically in one area. Um, that house had been rebuilt um, from a smaller, um, I guess, two-bedroom house 
that they um, essentially stripped to the floor um, and built this the house we were in on top of it. Um, the house we were in had um, five bedrooms. It was a three-story house and had a basement, um, a two-car garage, and a, a little um, space for an apartment above that. Um, so much bigger than the original house. Um, a lot of a lot of renovation or, or rebuilding it actually. Um, so the original part of the house, there was a little room in the basement uh, previously. Still had the linoleum on one part of the the floor and had um, a fireplace in the corner. I thought, well, that must have been a nice little room um, until I'd walk in that little section, and I just had a very um, uneasy feeling and, and couldn't really put my finger on it. That was kind of the beginning of the end, if you will. And that was how long into the, into the move-in period? Um, that was probably about six months. Okay, so you guys moved in. There wasn't anything happening the first six months. Lots of renovation, working on the house, mm-hmm. building stuff, fixing stuff up. Yeah, we had um, some of the kitchen cabinets kind of fall apart. So, and the kitchen uh, renovated, and you know had a new deck put on the back of the house. So, um, and some people say I've heard that you know renovations and, and work on the house can kind of stir things up. I don't know if that's the case or not, but. Coincidentally, that's that's when things started happening. Um, at, at first, um, and we had um, the top floor was, was empty, so we turned that into a playroom. Had it recarpeted and painted, and moved uh, a lot of things up there for the kids: the foosball and the air hockey table, and had a workout machine for for us. And, and uh, I thought, well, they've got a great room to play in. They'll you know go up there and have fun, and and. Uh, That'll be great. Uh, they can invite their friends over. None of the kids ever wanted to play up there. Um, if if I kind of pulled them up and said, hey, let's go upstairs and play and, and we do something, they would be there. Um, but I noticed if I had to leave upstairs and go down to the bathroom on the second floor, I'd come back and they'd all be sitting on the stairs outside of the room. And I, I'd say, well, what's, what's going on? Why are you here? Well, we're just waiting for you. Come to find out years later when I when I asked them about it, they said that their that room um, gave them a really bad feeling. And they had a feeling that there was something there they couldn't see, like moving in the room. Um, and that the two doors at the end that went into the attic space, there was something really bad there. Um, so they had more of a sense of it at that point um, than I did. I wasn't really feeling it that much. Um, but apparently they were uh, at that point. So what was the what was the first thing that happened in that house that that really changed things for you and your family? Uh, my um, <clears throat> middle son um, was starting to scream in the night, um, and a lot of this was was um, at bedtime. Some would be in the middle of the night. He'd, he'd come running in the room screaming and and ranting about something or other and. Figured he had a nightmare and, you know, he can sleep between us or we'd go put him back to bed, but he wouldn't want to go. Um, so I started talking to him about it. Um, I said, what's going on? I said, are you dreaming? He said, no, no, daddy, I was awake. So what happened? He said, there was this voice between my head and the wall. And it was, he said it was clear and it was mean. It said something like, I'm going to get you or I'm going to kill you or something like that. And she said, it was just saying awful things to me. And, um, he said, I, I, I got scared, and, and I ran away um, out of there. This, Despite our efforts to calm him down, uh, progressed to a point where he said he was seeing things, seeing things in the rooms, things that were um, manifesting themselves. He would see um, a face. Um, he would see uh, a, a black figure moving around in the room. Um, that kind of escalated it for me. Um, you know, I, despite what I'd been through, I was still skeptical that he was really seeing these things. I thought, well, maybe he's, you know, in a, in a dream state or something like that. Um, you know, we took him to the pediatrician, and um, she kind of checked him out and said, well, he's probably going through, quote, night terrors, and, and uh, it's just something that kids go through, and, and uh, you know, it'll pass. Um, but it didn't. Um, and we took him to um, a neurologist to make sure everything was wrong. Uh, nothing was wrong. 
um, a psychologist, psychiatrist to check him out. And, you know, everything seemed to be fine. Um, other than the fact that they prescribed something, um, to help him sleep, to try and knock him out at night. Um, yeah. Even that didn't, and at this, that didn't help. at this point he's coming, is he coming to you really afraid, right? He, he's asking for help or. Yeah. He's asking for help. I mean, he's, he's terrified at this point. He refused to go in his room. I, I'm not going to my room. So we let him sleep. Uh, his brother's room was right next door, so we let him sleep in there. Um, but it kept happening. Um, and and at some point, his, his brother's like, no, I think he's telling the truth. There's, there's something in there. Um, so then then I got, I started to get concerned. Um, I, I did a little more research, um, and the um, couple we bought the house from, um, by all indications was, you know, um, like us, just a regular couple couple. And, um, but her husband had gone to work. He was a doctor and gone to work. And one day in the middle of the day, he just left, went home, never went back. Um, he had a mental breakdown, hmm. um, and it was severe and they got divorced and, um, he was non-functioning and, and essentially on disability. Um, so I began to wonder, um, again, I was talking to a neighbor next door and they said, well, they had a, they had a child die in the house, um, about 18 months old. He said, I think it was going to be their, their, it was their second child. Um, and, um, he said that they took it really hard and, um, and it, you know, it, that may have had something to do with it. Um, I'm thinking well, that may have something to do with what's going on in the house. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I look back on it and now I think what was going on in the house may have something to do with that child passing away. Right. Um, so what happened in, in your house with your child? Like, uh, he stayed in his brother's room. What was, uh, what became of it? Well, that's interesting. Um, I, we, we tried to get him and eventually got him to try and go to sleep in there. Um, so one night I'm sitting there in the room. <clears throat> he wouldn't go to sleep unless, you know, we were in the room and I had to wait till he's well asleep before I could, I could sneak out. Um, I'm sitting in his room. He's asleep. I'm looking around and all of a sudden I see something out of the corner of my eye. It's a black figure. It looked like it came out of the wall. It flew across him and it laying down on his bed and went uh, to the, the foot of his bed um, where there was a nightlight blacked out the nightlight went further into the closet and disappeared wow to, to say to say the least i was stunned yeah i mean I, i've never I, i'd never even heard anything like that at that point i mean these this is the time before all the the you know paranormal shows and investigations and things and i knew i knew little to nothing about this um this kind of thing and well that that just took it to a whole new level um I didn't know what to do. Right. Now, when this thing flew out of the wall, um, you mean it sort of materialized? I mean, was it a full size of a man, or was this thing short like a troll-type size person, or, or what was it? Um, it was um, short, um, about the size of a, you know, a small child. Um, it had, um, at the front of it, uh, a human form, a head, and, and like arms. Um, but at the back end of it, it was just um, just kind of um, shapeless. I mean, it just, you know, tailed off into nothingness. So, huh. um, it was very strange. Um, yeah, but and also the fact that it blocked the physical light between you and the lamp. Well, again, that's, that's the pivotal point for me. Um, you know, because my wife was saying, well, you know, if there's a car coming down the street and they, they you know, shadow goes across the wall. And I, I said, well, you know, normally that's what I think it would be. And I'd wait and see if I could see another one or go another night. I said, but this thing covered up the light. I mean, you don't find a shadow from some of these headlights actually blocking out the light in the room. And that was a pivotal, pivotal moment for me. It's like, there's something here and it's real. Yeah. And, and did that look different than the thing that you had seen as a child yourself when you were eight? Uh, the shape was different, but the density of the darkness was the same. 
And that's 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 something I you all hear. Well, it was so dark. It was darker than dark. Um, there were a couple of shades of darkness in the room. Um, obviously, toward the nightlight, it was dark, but still a little lighter. And in the corner, it was pitch black. This thing was even against the darkest part of the room was darker. It's hard to explain. You can't really understand it until you actually see it. But it was darker than any blackness in the room, and just seemed to. Uh, yeah, I don't know, stuck in the light or, or was just incredible. I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to describe, really. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just want to make it clear to the listeners that uh, you didn't, you almost didn't come on this show. You didn't, almost didn't want to share this, and uh, I sort of uh, asked you to do that. I know you said that your wife doesn't really like you talking about it as well, and uh, we did talk about also your... Um, you know, that you don't want this to spill over into your professional life. So, um, you know, it sounds like this isn't something you went looking for. No, no, it's not something I went looking for. And yeah, as you said, it's not something that we wanted to to talk about amongst um, the general population. Um, You know, I will say that um, even now, I mean, I'm uncomfortable talking about it. I don't, for fear of, of, anything happening although i got a sense when we left that whatever it was 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 tethered to that property and and wouldn't follow us along but i've got to say it's a little um interesting that you'd booked me to come on the show and the day i was supposed to do it your laptop was ruined by water yeah so we had we had to reschedule um and then last night i set up uh, my tower computer and the and the, the laptop with skype and tested it um and this morning when i come in none of those would work with skype uh not the web uh, version not the app um it kept in a loop asking for um, a plug-in or a password when i just changed the password um it, it just you know it was difficult to get this together so yeah you know, who knows there's no proof but it's a little suspicious, and and it is Friday the thirteenth. So yeah, absolutely. It's just it's just an interesting side note. Yeah, yeah. And you're a technical guy. I get the sense that you're you're not afraid of computers and things like that. So um, I'm sorry, I missed that. Oh, I said uh, I get out. the I get the sense that you're you're a technical guy that you're not afraid of computers and things like that. Oh right, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm usually the one who's called into to you know family or friends to, to fix things. Um, so this this really didn't it didn't. There were things that were going on with it that didn't make sense. So I don't want to go into detail because that's that's boring. But yeah, but it was very very strange. Um, so yeah. Um, so so back to the house. So you see this this thing come out of the wall near your son's bed. It it flies across the room. Was it a slow progression from one spot to the other? Or was this like a quick, just a whip out of the wall and gone? It was just quick, just, you know, whip out, gone. And, and, you know, maybe a second or two, just, you know, across the room, boom, gone. I see. And And I'm sitting there stunned and terrified and. Right. Of course. So, um, uh, the next morning, what'd you do? Did you tell your wife? Um, I did. I, I went in there and told her what I'd just seen. And, you know, she stopped for a second as soon as she's pondering it. And then she's like, no, it must have been a shadow or you fell asleep and you just saw this in your mind or, or whatever. Right. Um, so she was trying to it, explain it away. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I described more fully um, the next day, the blocking out the light and, and how it could not be a shadow. So I think she started, um, wouldn't have been about it. She started to believe me and, and know that there was something not right in the house yeah i think you know another thing too that must have been frustrating i I admit i can share in that um when you are willing to tell someone that you know that's known you for quite some time in this case it was your wife um and you know that you would expect a certain level of credibility you know behind what you're saying that um you know hey i've never heard anything like this before from this person and you know they don't have a history of seeing things and things like that and talking about things that aren't there so for them to come to me and tell me this you know you think that they would be uh, 
open to it. But in a lot of ways, like you just described, your wife was was adamant about trying to describe it away and, and make some other sense of it. Right, right. And and a lot of people are like that. I'm, I'm not really sure. That's a good point to bring up, that, that someone that you trust um, implicitly says something that's outside of your realm of, of, of either your value system or of your realm of understanding that you you totally block off um you know, opening your mind to, to investigate and see you know, what might be there. And one of the reasons or one of the things I, want, I would like to say today is that, you know, if your children say they see something or a friend says that something's going on, um, you know, if your, your uh, reflex is to shut it down or, or disbelieve them, um, stop and pause for a second and consider that this might be really going on. And instead of dismissing it, if you want to, if you want to dismiss it, try and debunk it. Try and find a logical explanation. Work with them, but don't don't just ignore it. Right. Because um, they need help. Yeah, and uh, and one of our uh, viewers on Periscope makes a good point. Uh, Ash, who's with us and giving us lots of hearts at this moment. Thank you for that. Um, she brought up a point. She said maybe you know your friend or spouse has some fear too. You know that they don't want it to be real. And so their reaction to you to try to explain it away is more of a uh, desire to, <clears throat> for this thing not to, <laughs> you know, my husband, if you think my husband just came to me and said a dark figure flew out of the wall and blocked the light of the lamp, uh, she could have, you know, been terrified as well to think about that, to accept that, you know, without seeing it with her own eyes. Actually, I think, I think she's spot on now that I think about it. I, th I think that's um, a big part of what it is because when I watch something like ghost adventures or paranormal lockdown or some, some type of show, she will not watch it. She will not be in the room with me. Um, she says, I wish you wouldn't watch those things because it, it, it just, you know, gets you in that mode of, of um, experiencing them or drawing them to you or whatever. Um, so I, I think, I think there's a lot of fear um, in that that's a very good point yeah and i i know a lot of people um who don't like to watch horror movies because they feel like if they get if they open their mind to that sort of stuff that they will uh maybe open a portal and invite it in i i've i've met several people who don't watch horror movies because it creeps them out to the level that they're afraid something real might come through so uh, it sounds like that might also be part of it it's, it's quite possible yeah so um okay so she knows about it it's the next day uh now what well that's when the uh the uh concern fear and um frustration confusion um you know something is um scaring your children potentially harming your children and at this point you you don't know what to do um I had no idea. I, I didn't know where to turn. You know, again, these shows hadn't been on the air and I, I didn't know, you know, what to do or who to call or, or anything. So, you know, at that point I started, you know, kind of easing into talking to some of our neighbors um, and, and closer friends. Um, yeah, actually one of my friends that uh, I would never talk about this. Um, she gave me a few links in Google about, um, you know, shadow people and hauntings and things like that. So I was like, well, okay, let me do some research. Um, so I started doing a little research, but um, other than explaining what people see, it didn't really give me any advice on what to do. Right. Um, so um, one of our friends suggested that, that we needed to find a, a priest to come over um, and bless the house and, uh, and try and rid, rid it of um, whatever spirit might be there. Um, Someone else is saying you should get a medium to come over and see if he or she um, can make a connection and figure out what it is and what's going on. I was like, well, either one of those sound like great ideas. I'm, I'm open to both of them. And my wife is open to it. She's like, yeah, whatever we can do to stop this, let's do it. Um, but, you know, how do you find a medium? If you're, if you're not knowledgeable, if you're not around uh, any of that, um, you know, they're not just listed in the phone book, or at least at that point they weren't. Right, um, and and it sounds like you weren't uh, actively involved in that sort of lifestyle or community or belief system. <clears throat> anyway, so someone tells you to go, I mean, I don't know, Did at that point did you believe mediums, you know, were people who could actually uh, communicate with dead people or give real information? 
Um, it, it seemed kind of sketchy to me. Um, I don't know. I, I think there were a lot of people giving it, um, you know, a, a bad um, reputation. Um, but I was open to the possibility, so I, I certainly didn't want to dismiss it. Um, and I thought, well, maybe if we get the right person, um, they can actually make a connection. Um, you know, I didn't have an idea, but but even being skeptical, it it's an avenue to explore. Um, if they don't come up with anything, no harm done. Right. Um, but yeah, didn't really fine. Yeah, I think that uh, you know I've heard other people say that you know you're you're looking for any help you can get, right? Right, right. Um, and and you know at at a certain point you you get um, desperate. I mean, you you really want to do something, and you know I hear people say this in the shows all the time now, but but I I really uh, feel what they're they're going through, and they say you know as a father, it's my job to provide and protect you know provide for and protect my family. Um, when there's something that you can't protect against, you can't, you don't know what to do. It's, it's a bad feeling. Um, it's a very helpless feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a father too. And I, I've, I've had a similar situation, uh, with my 13 year old daughter in the house I'm in right now. And, uh, we, we did the same thing. You know, we got her to a neurologist, we got her to a psychologist. Uh, she went through, uh, a three-day sleep study at Children's Hospital, all hooked up to uh, machines to see if she was having, uh, you know, uh, epileptic-type activity, and uh, and then she uh, ended up uh, ended up on the psychiatry side of things. She was really stressed out, and with uh, some medication, that all that all stopped for her. So. Uh, interesting, but uh, anyway, we're going to take a break, and then uh, we want to know uh, what what happened. You know, how long were you in this house? Were there any more events that happened? So stick with us. You're listening to Spirits and More Radio. Uh, you can catch all our old shows, uh, which we have a whole catalog of really interesting guests uh, and stories. So uh, it's October, you guys. So get over to spiritsandmoreradio.com and uh, put something on every night. You know, like I like to go to bed and listen to creepy stuff. So. Uh, uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. You are listening to Spirits and More Radio. Have a paranormal story? Tell us at spooksandspirits.com. Spirits and More Radio. Uh, this is our first listener call-in show with a story. Uh, if you are experiencing something like this or you have in your lifetime, uh, get in touch with us. Uh, you can send your story or, or reach us at editor at spiritsandmoreradio.com. You can also uh, call into our listener, listener line at 872-244-6787. And an easy way to remember that number, just in case you are out and about this Halloween, or wherever you are and something really crazy happens, you can grab your phone and call 872-2-GHOSTS, okay? Uh, so that's an easy way to remember our number. You can leave your story and we'll get in touch with you and maybe have you on the show. So um, we are uh, with our guest, John, who is from Alabama. Uh, he is uh, in the IT sales sector uh, and uh, he's telling us a story about uh, the second home he lived in with 
really unusual things happening. Uh, period of time, John, right, where there was nothing when you first moved in, all was good. The kids didn't like a certain part of the house. Uh, and then your son started having trouble. But it was just that one son in the room, right? Not your other child. Right, right. Yeah, it was just just he had his own room, and, and uh, this is going on in the in the front of the house, and I'll I'll explain um, in a in a in a minute why I think that was in in that particular room, and and not um, as much in the others. Um, it did kind of follow him into his brother's bedroom when he tried to get him to sleep in there, or maybe sleeping together. He wouldn't be scared. Um, that was until we found out he had reason to be scared. Right. And that was, when you say that, that's because you were sitting in his room. Was he there in the room when that happened? Was he asleep? Yes, he was asleep. I was so, about to get up and walk out of the room. Uh, so you were there and then this, this thing materialized right out of the wall near your son, quickly flew across the room, something short, the size of a five or six year old child, and uh, actually blocked the light between you and the lamp, uh, which is remarkable. That is just amazing and uh, stunning and shocking and scary. So, um, are you? So, so you told your wife, and uh, you guys got your son uh, to see some medical professionals to be checked out and things like that. Um, you know, was he? He was sleeping in his brother's room. I mean, did did you essentially close the door and lock that room off, or what happened? Um, essentially, I mean, only going in there to, to get his clothes out of the closet or, or out of the dresser. Um, other than that, the room was, wasn't used, um, after that. I see. So, um, and, and that was, that was that, how long did that last? Did that, so the entity never escaped out of that room and, and haunted any other part of the house? Um, occasionally it would come into the adjoining brother's room. Um, you know, at that point we had to move my son into our bedroom. Um, he slept on an inflatable mattress um, at the side of our bed. He was not going to sleep anywhere else and, and wanted to be close to us. Um, we never noticed any activity in our bedroom, so he felt safe. And, and that was at least a temporary solution until we could figure out what to do. Mm. So what did you end up doing? What, what was the solution? Well, things kind of escalated from there a little bit. We had... Um, some um, voices here and there. The the other kids' fear was was uh, was ramping up. Um, I kind of see um, what may have been shadows out of the corner of my eye. You turn around, they're out there, but it looked like something was moving against the wall. Um, we had some activity in the pantry. That's an area in the the, the renovated kitchen. Uh, before they rebuilt the house, there used to be a stairwell into the basement, going to that area that gave me a really bad feeling. Um, and in the pantry, things would fly off the shelf. Um, or we'd get um, some type of um, infestation. It would be like um, the window covered in flies when there were no else in the house and, and really no explanation for them getting in there. It was just a, a, a lot of strange things. Then I did some research on the house, um, and that was the most stunning of all. That, that was the pivotal point when we decided um, to give up and looking for a solution in the house and just, just leave. Now, now, when you said things were flying off the shelf, you physically, with your eyes, saw like a can, can good or something fly off the shelf. I mean, did it drop off the shelf or did it have momentum behind it? No, it had momentum behind it. Instead of just um, something that would, would be placed precariously and would, would you know tip over, um, it would go out two feet and, and fall down. So, like someone took it and, and, and moved it. Wow. So that's, and your wife um, saw that too. Um, she didn't see that, but she believed it. Yeah. So, and um, you must have been, I mean, at this point, I mean, you're almost beginning to live a real life horror movie that we've all seen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why those movies kind of creep me out. Cause I, you know, I, I've, I've been in that type of situation. Um, you know, we didn't have people dragged across the floor. Um, but I was beginning to wonder if we were going to get to that point. Um, I did some research on the house and found some very disturbing things about the people who lived there before and what they experienced. Um, and I was, I was uh, researching the house and then I talked to my neighbor. Um, and after we left, he said, I'm, you know, I loved you as neighbors, but I'm glad you got out. 
alive. <laughs> he, he lets you get out of there. Um, you know what? We're at the one hour mark, so I'm gonna we're gonna take a break. This is for you and I. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna play a song. We've got three minutes. Uh, get a little water to for our throats and use the restroom if we have to, and then uh, we're gonna be back after uh, this song, and then uh, we will uh, continue on and hear about the history of the house and find out exactly what you think was the source of all this evil. We'll be right back. Spiritsandmoreradio.com. And we're at the one hour mark. This fascinating interview does continue for our full access overtime members. To get full access, simply go to our website at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Under the full access section, you'll see an orange Patreon button. Click on that to find out more and hear the rest of the show. You can also join our live broadcast alert list. We email the day of the show when we are going to broadcast live so you can tune in and hear the full show and also have the opportunity to call in. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Doors and let you out into.